الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما هذه الحياة الدنيا إلا لهو ولعب وإن الدار الآخرة لهي الحيوان لو كانوا يعلمون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أملك عليك لسانك ولسعك بيتك وبك على خطيئتك وكما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected علماء الكرام Brothers and Elders One of the aspects that have been highlighted in the ahadith in virtually every book of hadith has many pages devoted to this and that is the ahadith regarding fitan the fitnas the aspects that will be a means of and guiding people into deviation take people away from the straight path these ahadith that deal with these fitnas these deviations these distractions you find in every hadith kitab and nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam expressed in much detail the aspect of the various fitnas what was the reason for this Huzaifa radiyallahu ta'ala an he used to say that people used to ask Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about the positive things and I asked Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam of all the negative things negatives that what kind of fitnas will appear what kind of aspects will appear that will become a means of problems and difficulties deviation so I kept on asking these kind of things and the reason why must somebody ask something of this nature so that is the very crucial point many a times we discuss many things that happen in the world many things that occur from time to time but our discussion is often just as a news item what happened this problem took place this earthquake happened that flood happened that storm came that disaster took place and so many thousands got killed and so many hundred thousands got killed and then life carries on like nothing happened it's back business as usual so the sahabai kiram didn't inquire about these things so that they could have some news item and then it will be business as usual so huzaifar radiyallahu says that i ask these things so that i may safeguard myself from it I may protect myself and I not become a victim of these fitnas of these trials and tribulations. So in any case the fitnas that will appear and have appeared these are all indicated in ahadith. Dealing with these fitnas in detail the time is obviously useful for that but what is the aspect that we have to concern ourselves with? is how to protect ourselves that is what hazrat huzaif radiyallahu inquired all the details of the fitnas the object was he says to protect myself to safeguard myself so that is the main issue so that is what we have to concern ourselves with is how to be protected and even this nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam gave us the prescription the very famous hadith of hazrat uqba bin amir radiyallahu ta'ala an He says that once I asked Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam man najat that all these trials these tribulations these problems these tests these temptations how does a person protect himself how does he protect his iman how does he protect his amal when a person is in an environment that is conducive to deen It's a month of Ramadan, for example. It's a time that is conducive to Deen. Then it becomes very easy. Then a person automatically is inclined 
to go to the masjid. He is fasting. Everybody else is in a similar frame of mind. So it becomes easy for him also. But suddenly if the time has changed, it's not that time when it is very conducive. The environment is different. It is the so-called time of holidaying. And the so-called time of celebrating. Whereas the celebration got nothing to do with mu'min. The mu'min celebration is Eid. A mu'min celebration takes him closer to Allah Ta'ala. The ahadith regarding the nights of Eid. That a mu'min when it's time for his celebration, he spends that night of the celebration in worshipping Allah Ta'ala. مَنْ أَحْيَا لَيْلَةَيْ الْعِيدَيْنِ لَمْ يَمُتْ قَلْبُهُ يَوْمَ تَمُوتْ person who keeps the nights of Eid alive, his heart won't die. On the day when hearts will die. One meaning of that is his heart will be protected from fitnas. When fitnas are attacking other people's hearts, his heart will be protected. But now the point that is here is that this is a night of his celebration. This is a mu'min celebration. He's fasting, he's spending the night in ibadat. It is the day of his celebration. Every day he goes for salah five times a day. When it is the day of his celebration, he performs six salahs. And the additional sahih is not even called for it. The rest of it is called for, the azan is given. But come the day of Eid, he's not even called. He comes without being called because he's celebrating. His celebration takes him in such a level of ibadat that he doesn't need to be called. So a mu'min's celebration is very different. And the kuffar celebration, when the time of their celebration comes, then they themselves call it so-called silly season. You might have heard about it. Silly season. If somebody has to address another person, somebody has to address us as silly, that person takes offense. What do you think about me? Calling me silly? Silly means a person doesn't have intelligence. But they dub the whole time period silly season because that's what happens. When a person takes leave of his intelligence... A person takes leave from work, so he's no more at work. He takes leave from school, he's not at school. He takes leave from his intelligence, leaves his intelligence and gone somewhere else. And now people start behaving in a way that becomes an embarrassment to humanity. Without any shame, without any morals, without any inhibitions of any sort, people just go headlong into every kind of vice because they are supposed to be celebrating. The point that a person can't make out the difference between his wife and his daughter. And the type of things that then person ends up doing, that even animals don't stoop to that level. So a mu'min celebration got nothing to do with this. But when the general environment becomes this, now how to protect oneself? How to protect one's iman, to protect a'mal, to protect one's salah, protect one's akhlaq, one's character, protect one's identity as a Muslim, and how to live by that identity. There was one king in India, Aurangzeb, Alamgir Rahmatullah, the very pious king, and he had a great amount of love for the pious. In any case, one person used to be an imposter, pretender. He would disguise himself and try to fool people. Some people have this kind of thing in their lives. They just like to, everything, they have some, want to make some fun out of everything. So this fellow was a known imposter. He would come and disguise himself and fool people. And then expect a reward after he fools them. Then he expects a reward on top of it. That I made you a fool, so I must pay me for it. But in any case, this fellow, the king Alamgir Rahmatullah, he had some little affinity with this chap. He shouldn't really bother him. And this, in order to get some reward out of the king, from time to time he would come and pretend he's somebody else, disguise himself. <clears throat> Alamgir Rahmatullah was a very sharp person. And every time a person came disguised in some other appearance, he immediately picked it up and he said, you are in disguise, I know you are. And he would not be able to fool him. 
So this carried on for some time. So one day he said to Alamgir Rahmatullah, after all, when are you going to give me the reward? He says, well, you didn't fool me. So the day you fooled me, I'll give you a reward. So he said, okay. Now he thought to himself, now how do I go about this? So he knew that Alamgir Rahmatullah had a lot of love for the pious. And if he came to know of some very pious person, he himself being the king, he would journey to go and meet, meet the person and take his du'as. So this fellow went away in the jungle somewhere and he started getting himself in, involved in ibadat and worshipping Allah Ta'ala. But it was all just a pretense. This was all his plan. And after some time, now people would pass by, they saw this little hut here, what's going on here? They see this person, he is just involved in ibadat. <coughs> Slowly the news started spreading that there's one very, very big buzrug here. Meanwhile, this big buzrug was just all a pretense. So, slowly, gradually, that message came and reached the ears of Alam Rahmatullah as well. So, this was something that he used to always look forward to. So it happened that he had to now take on some journey. So, he said, we're going to pass by this place where people talk about that there is a very pious person there. I need to go and visit him, meet him. So, okay. So, as they now, on en route, they came past this place. So, he stopped came into this little hut. Here this person is very, very busy in ibadat. After a while he sits down, then starts talking to him, discusses a few things, takes some advice. And now as he's leaving, so he gives him a bag of gold coins as hadith, a gift. He was a very generous person too. So he gives him this bag of gold coins as a gift. Now because of the huge sum, it's not a norm. So this person now, he's an imposter, he's pretending. But when this bag of gold coins was given to him, now this became clear now that he managed to fool him. That is why now he's even giving this hadiyah and going. So he took that bag and he, with contempt, he threw it back at him. He said, what do you think, I'm the scum of the world? This is what I'm doing all this for? For all your wealth? I have no need for it. Take it and go. Now he is addressing the king. So this convinced Alamgir Rahmatullah Ali even more that this person is on another level. So any case now he took that bag and he carried on. He walked out now. Started leaving. As he came to his conveyance now this fellow comes and he takes off the disguise. And he says now I fool you. Now that I fool you now bring my reward the reward that was promised to him from long ago was a small sum compared to this whole bag of gold coins. It was a very small amount. So in case that was something that he was told, okay, the day you fool me, I'll give you a reward. So he gave him that reward. And he asked him, Alamgir Atulale, asked this pretender and imposter that, tell me one thing, that this reward I promised you, and you got it now. But this reward was, like for our example purposes, the thousand rands. So you got the thousand rands now. But already before that, I had given you this bag of gold coins worth hundred thousand. So you already had hundred thousand. You threw that hundred thousand away and now you're sitting with a thousand. This doesn't make sense. Doesn't tie up. Now this fellow, this was his life. Would fool people, make fun of them, this was the kind of person he was. But the answer he gave, he says, at that time, I was in the garb of piety. I had been pretending to be a person of deen. And in that condition, if I accepted this whole act, then this would have been a blot on the people of deen. I would have become a means of their disgrace. So I didn't want to become a means of their disgrace, I threw back at you. Because at that time, I was in their garb. I was in their outer appearance. I was in their identity. So though it was a big sum, but I didn't want to disgrace them. This was the reason I gave it back. This thousand now, well, this was what you promised me. I got the thousand, fine, no problem. But the lesson to take out of this is that he took cognizance of that identity.
And he didn't want to do anything that will bring any stain, any blot on that identity. We also have an identity. We have the identity of Iman, the identity of being Muslims, the identity of being the Ummatis of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The entire world is watching. The whole community is watching. Wherever we go, if a person doesn't outwardly also have any Islamic garb, but there is something that distinguishes a mu'min from a person who doesn't have iman. And nine times out of ten a person can make out this person is a Muslim. So there is an identity. And by our actions, by our deeds, by our conduct, by our behavior, we either draw people towards this deen, or we draw them away from deen. We push them away from deen. We become a blot and a stain on the name of Islam. So this was an imposter. This person was not, not a pious person. He just pretended to be pious. But he said, while I was pretending to be pious, I didn't want to be a means of disgrace of the pious people. So the enmities of Nabi Wasallam. We have the name of Iman, the name of Islam, even if it's just right now in name. But we have subscribed to this name. We have linked ourselves to this identity. We have to guard this identity. We have to look after it. And we have to become the means of others being drawn towards this identity. So the point we were discussing was that Uqba bin Amir radiallahu's hadith that he asked that Ya Rasulullah in this time of fitna and fasad when the fitna and fasad will come how does a person protect himself? How does he safeguard this identity? How does he not become a victim of whatever the environment is? So Nabi Islam gave him three things. The first thing he said to him Amlik alayka lisanak that guard your tongue Amlik alayka lisanak, guard your tongue. Because this tongue, this tongue can cause havoc in a person's life. Therefore, the Mashaikh say that Zuban bankar dil khul jayega. Zuban bankar, that hold your tongue back, your heart will open out. Meaning, guard your tongue from saying anything that will take a person far away from Allah Ta'ala. Many a times the tongue, and this tongue is a, like a vehicle driving at high speed. Vehicle driving at high speed, the driver has to be in total control, he's always steering with both hands. And he has to have his eye on the road. And he looks this way, that way, he starts getting distracted somewhere on his phone. And in that one second he can just, because it's at high speed, a millimeter that steering just moves in the wrong direction can take him totally off the road. And he can crash and cause damage to himself and others. Can be fatal. Because at high speed, the slight diversion also can be fatal. At slow speed, a major deviation also can still be controlled. But an aircraft, if it goes one degree off course, it will probably land in a different country altogether. Because of the speed it is traveling. One degree of course it will go somewhere else. Completely maybe land in the jungle. The sea. So this tongue also is something. is like driving at high speed. And a person doesn't have his both hands on the steering wheel. Doesn't have his eye on the road. Then he can cause major disasters. So therefore Islam is saying the first thing. Amlik alayka lisanak. Control your tongue. Think before saying anything. Before taking it out, then it's too late. Because once a word is out, you can't catch it and bring it back. Many other things run away, you can go catch it and bring it back. Somebody's wealth also takes a walk sometimes. Allah Ta'ala forbid in the zamana we live, many things take a walk. But that too, he can somehow go and find it and make it walk back also. But the words that have left his mouth... That is gone. That word can't come back at any cost. He can say, I retract. That's another word he said. 
But the word before that didn't come back. That's still there. His retraction will be accepted also. But that what he said initially is still there. It will still someday re- resurface. It will still be lurking in the person's mind. And after accepting the apology also, he'll still be hurt about it. Because that doesn't come back. That is gone. So, amlik alayka lisanak. Control your tongue. Think before saying something. And the second thing he says to him, wabki ala khati'atik. Amlik alayka lisanak wal yasa'aka baytuk. Let your home be sufficient for you. Let your home be sufficient for you. In other words, don't leave your home unnecessarily. If there is some necessity, the necessity can be deen, can even be dunya. But there's a necessity, you'll go to the extent of necessity. And if there's no necessity, then you remain indoors. Person remains indoors. If he's in his home, then he's indoors. He's in the house of Allah Ta'ala, he's indoors. But wal yasa'aka baytuk, let your house be sufficient for you. Because outside, a person will get swallowed. Before he realizes what happened also, the environment is so intense in terms of whatever goes on there, that it can very easily follow a person. person out for some innocent purpose, and he becomes guilty. He leaves for an innocent purpose, and he becomes guilty. Because the environment catches him in one moment. He didn't go intending for any wrong. So, Nabi Sallallahu said, let your house be sufficient for you. In the ahadith regarding fitnas, there have been some ahadith which state that in the time of fitna, the person who is sitting is better than the person who is standing. The person who is lying down is better off than the person who is sitting. Al-qa'idu khayrum min al-qa'im. Al-qa'im khayrum min al-qa'i. Spot is better off than the person who is walking. Why? That person who is walking is closer to getting caught in a fitna compared to the person who is standing in one spot. The person who is sitting, he is a little further off compared to the person standing. The person standing is worse off. person lying down, he is even more distant away. It might take several more steps to get to him. So in other words, keep yourself as far away from fitna as possible. From the environments of fitna. From those places that drag a person into it. And this is something to be very, very sort of concerned about all the time. Because when a person gets caught up in a situation, sometimes he might just get carried away with it. And he might start participating in it. Whereas in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, مَنْ حَضَرَ مَعْسِيَةً فَكَرِهَا كَانَ كَمَنْ غَابَ عَنْهَا The one who attends or is present in some disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. But, in other words, he was present there by chance. He didn't intend to be there. He didn't want to be there. But he happened to just be there by chance and something happened, some wrong took place. But he detested it. He was hurt about it. Why did this happen? How did I end up here too? It should never have taken place. And he's feeling the pain of it in his heart. Then when he detested it, he is like the person who was never there. And the person wasn't present. Something happened, he wasn't there. And now he heard about it later. So and so, this happened, that happened. And when he heard about it, he started feeling sorry about it for himself. Say, I lost out, Nauzubillah. Hey, I wish I was there. He was happy now of what happened and he was actually wishing he should have been there. He gets the sin of as if he was present in that situation. As if he had participated. He wasn't even there. But because his heart is in it and he was hoping he was there, he already got counted on those who were there. So if he is actually participating in it, what will be the position? And sometimes these things happen even in the name of Islam. 
these type of gatherings and these type of occasions and functions and gatherings and whatever else, it doesn't mean that if there's a label, then everything becomes fine under the label. The label doesn't make it right. If it is wrong, then any label can be put upon it. That wrong will say you're wrong. So, therefore, Nabi Sallallahu is giving us this advice. Well, yasa'aka baytuk. Let your home be sufficient for you. But the other part is that in this time and age, a person has to be careful at home also. Because if he is not outdoors, but he's locked himself indoors for all the fitna at the fingertips, then that too is not going to serve any purpose of locking himself indoors if he's going to get himself involved in the worst kind of fitnas behind closed doors. The object is to stay safe from fitna. Therefore, الْجَلِيسُ الصَّالِحُ خَيْرٌ مِّنَ الْوَحْدَةِ وَالْوَحْدَةُ خَيْرٌ مِّنْ جَلِيسِ السُّوءِ Nabi Islam says that good company, pious company, person comes in good company. Person goes out in the path of Allah Ta'ala, in Jamaat. Person goes to some gathering of deen. And he's in good company, this is far better than being in solitude. Good company is far better than being in solitude. And being in solitude is far better than being in bad company. Because that bad company will break you. The good company will make you. The company will either make a person or break him. His good company will make him, bad company will break him. And this is something which a person can try to resist as much as he wants. In time, it must have an effect on him. Positive, if it's positive company, that must have an effect. Over time, he will not be able to resist it. And the negative company will have its effect also. Over time, he cannot resist. It will leave its mark. So therefore, Nabi Islam is saying, well, yasaka baytuk. Let your home be sufficient for you. And the last aspect, Nabi Islam says, wabki ala khati'atik. That cry over your sins. This crying over one's sins, one is actually shedding tears over our sins. That is required. Sincerely repenting to Allah Taala, begging His forgiveness. And the other aspect that is being explained, this is that to be concerned, that person sheds tears over his sins, who's really concerned. Otherwise, if a person is concerned, then no matter what happened, is like he just shooed away some fly from his nose. This is an example that comes in the Hadith Sharif. That a mu'min, something that goes out of line, some thing that occurred in his life, it might be comparatively small, but for him it's like a mountain on his head. And he cannot rest until he rectifies his situation, Allah Ta'ala. And a munafiq, then no matter what happens, he just shoes it away like a fly from his nose. What's it? Nothing. So, when the person has concern, when there's that khashiyat, that fear of Allah Ta'ala in the heart, then such a person is also insan, he's also a human being, he's also weak, he can also sub, but that will not allow him to be sitting comfortably until he hasn't rectified the situation, hasn't shed tears in front of Allah Ta'ala, hasn't cried his heart out and washed off that sin. Until then he cannot rest in peace. And this khashiyat is a very great thing. Sabit bin Qais bin Shammas was a very notable sahabi. He was known as Khatib al-Ansar. person was very eloquent and very... Uh, could express himself very well. But he was also somebody who naturally had a very loud voice. In any case, this ayat of Quran was revealed, which was meant to teach an etiquette, an adab. For Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, O you who believe, don't raise your voices above the voice of the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. Because this is a terrible disrespect. The Nabi Islam is saying something, and you start talking in a louder voice. Now what was actually meant was, don't raise your voice above his voice. Like sometimes two people are talking, so one person says something, and the other person, some sort of irritation, raises his voice above his voice. Or somebody is saying something, maybe not irritated, but he wants to make himself heard. 
So now to make himself heard, he's raising his voice. Above the voice of the next person. The Sahaba being told, because many Bedouins would come, they would come for the first time, living far away, never had the opportunity and the occasion to learn adab, learn etiquette. So some would come, they would talk in a raised voice. So Allah Ta'ala is revealing this ayat, that look, beware of this. This is a very severe disrespect. And disrespect can be so severe, أَن تَحْبَطَ أَعْمَالُكُمْ وَأَنْتُمْ لَا تَشْعُرُونَ that this disrespect can cause all your good actions to be wiped out in one go. You can become completely devoid of all the good that you have done, completely stripped of everything, and zeroed. And the Mufassir explained that the fear is here that even the person's iman will go away. So any case, when this ayat was revealed, after a day or two, Nabi Salaam notices that as a sabit and he is not, can't see him anyway. Where is he? So he asks one Sahabi that where is the Sabit? Is he ill? <coughs> so the Sahabi says that he is my neighbor. And I don't know anything about him being ill. In other words, if he was ill, I would certainly know. Because being a neighbor, it's possible that I won't know what's the position with my neighbor. Unlike the Western society, forget the neighbor being ill, even sometimes the person has died. But the neighbor doesn't know about it. That is Western society. But the society of Islam, that is not possible. That a person doesn't know what's going on with his neighbor's house. In terms of the difficulty or hardship or pain or suffering. He would be the first to know. So in any case, he said, I, I will go and find out. Let me go find out what's going on. So he comes. says, Sabit is in his house. And he's sitting in grief. So he asks him, what has happened? You haven't come? He says, but I am a Jahannami now. I am destined to Jahannam. So why? Don't you know this ayat has been revealed? Allah Ta'ala says, لَا تَرْفَعُوا أَسْوَاتَكُمْ فَوْقَ صَوْتِ النَّبِيِّ وَلَا تَجْهَرُوا لَهُ بِالْقَوْلِ كَجَهْرِ بَعْدِكُمْ لِبَعْدٍ أَن تَحْبَطَ عَمَالُكُمْ وَأَنْتُمْ لَا تَشْعُرُونَ Don't raise your voice over the voice of the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. And my voice is naturally so loud that it is always above the voice of Nabi Sallallahu but now this wasn't what was meant. That the natural voice. But that fear in him didn't allow him to take any chances. Now this is that fear in the heart. When there's true fear in the heart, it will not allow a person to take chances. Doesn't matter, we'll go just take a walk and see what happens. I'm not going there for any wrong purpose. I'm just going there to just, just browse around. Allah knows best. By the time he starts browsing around what he'll buy, because a person goes to browse and then he comes with what not. So he didn't want to take any chances. He says, I am destined for Jahannam. So the Sahabi comes back and he relates the issue to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That this is what he says, that Anam in Ahlin Nar, I'm a Jahannami. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, no, no, no. Bal huwa min Ahlil Jannah. Aray, what are you talking about? He is a person of Jannat. Now he got this certificate and this glad tiding while walking on the earth. He's still alive and he's getting such a tremendous certificate from the Mubarak tongue of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that you are a Jannati, what it came on? What brought this? This was brought by the khashiyat and the fear of his heart. This was the reward of his khashiyat. And the Sahaba say, after that, whenever we would see him walking past us, people would say, you want to see a Jannati walking? Look at him. He's already got the certificate. He's endorsed Jannati. But where it came, on what it came, it came on this khashiyat, this fear, not taking chances. person who's fearful doesn't take chances. And a person who is heedless, he says, let me go browse around. I'm just going to see what's going on. I got no intent. So this is something that a person puts himself into the lurk, into the jaws of danger. And then when those jaws snap, it's too late. So in this zamana and in this time of the year particularly, when fitnas abound, this is a time to be fearing. It's a time to practice on this hadith of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Amlik lisanak. That hold your tongue. Remain indoors. 
And cry over your sins. Develop that concern. Develop that fikr for one's own iman. For the iman of one's family members. For the iman of one's community and the whole world. And let this fear become a barrier. Let it become a safeguard from a person getting carried away in anything that is going to destroy his iman, destroy his amal, his akhlaq, and destroy his deen. So this is the thing that is required to remain in good company, to remain concerned, to be turning to Allah Ta'ala in istighfar. And these are the things that are the prescriptions for our protection. May Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala grant me and all of us the tawfiq of bringing these aspects in our lives. May Allah Ta'ala keep us with iman, take us with iman, and raise us on the day of qiyamah with iman. Fa'akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Make shot zero in the middle. Recite the Rujri. It is reported in the Hadith Sharif that a person recites La ilaha illallah a hundred times daily. Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this means is that a person who does this daily with the barakat of this recitation, Allah Ta'ala will give him the tawfiq of doing good deeds, refraining from wrong things, as a result of which, inshallah, then he will get this great blessing on the day of Qiyamah. You should try to do this daily, inshallah. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim daiman abada ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu La ilaha illallah, 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 la ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa sallam Ho jaye mera dil ik meydane ho To 
ही तो हो तू ही तो हो तू ही तो गैर से बिल्कुल ही उठ जाए नजर तू ही तो आए नजर देखू जिधर और मेरे तन में बजाए आबोगिल दर्द दिल हो दर्द दिल हो दर्द दिल नफ्सो शैता दोनों ने मिलकर हाई किया है मुझको तबाह ए मेरे मौला मेरी मदद कर चाहता हूँ मैं तेरी पनाह मुझसा खलक में कोई नहीं गो बद किरदार नामासिया तू भी मगर गफ्फार है यारब बख्श दे मेरे सारे गुनाह अब तो रहे बस तादम आखिर विरदे जबाए मेरे इला लाला 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 said Allah hundred times with this in mind that just as is a tongue in the mouth there's a tongue in the heart also and that is also reciting Allah and everything around us is also saying Allah and our hearts are getting filled with this nur that is descending Allah Allah jalla jalaluhu amma nawaluhu ہر تمنا دل سے رخصت ہو گئی اب تو آ جا اب تو خلوت ہو گئی ہر تمنا دل سے رخصت ہو گئی اب تو آ جا اب تو خلوت ہو گئی 
मिटा दे अपनी हस्ती को छोड़ दे सारी बस्ती को बस्ती बस्ती कहता जा अल्लाह 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 محمدن ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم انك انت الاعز الاكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم ربنا هب لنا من ازواجنا وذرياتنا قره اعين واجعلنا للمتقين اماما ربنا اغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الابرار ربنا واتنا وعدنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامه انك لا تخلف الميعاد اله العالمين يا الله ومسمسف الله مسغريشس ان كاين الله most loving and compassionate allah ilahul alamin ya allah forgive us ya allah ya allah forgive all our major and minor sins ya allah ilahul alamin forgive the sins of the night and the sins of the day ya allah ya allah forgive the sins we've committed deliberately and the sins we've committed by mistake ya allah ilahul alamin forgive the sins of the entire ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ya allah shower down your maghfirat on the ummah ya allah ya allah shower down your maghfirat on the ummah ya allah among your high servants ya allah ya allah do not deprive us ya allah ya allah do not deprive us ya allah ilahu alamin you become ours because yours ya allah ilahu alamin you make us yours and become ours ya allah ilahu alamin we have you we have everything ya allah we have you we have nothing ya allah ilahu alamin empty our hearts out of all evils ya allah ilahu alamin remove all ya allah fill our hearts with your love ya allah ilahu alamin fill our hearts with your love ya allah allah fill our hearts with the love of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam fill our hearts with the love of deen ya allah fill our hearts with the love of the effort of deen ya allah ilahu alamin use us for the effort of your mubarak deen ya allah ilahu alamin grant us ikhlas and sincerity in everything ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah remove all the filth and dirt from our hearts ya allah remove the malice and envy and jealousy from our hearts ya allah remove the hatred and ya allah remove all the other pride and Ya Allah all the evils of our hearts ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah all the filth that has come through our eyes into our hearts remove it ya Allah the filth that has come through our ears into our hearts remove it ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah what has come through our minds into our hearts remove it ya Allah ilahul alamin purify our hearts ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah we are so conscious to keep our outsides clean ya Allah when to make our outsides very presentable ya Allah but ya Allah you are looking at our hearts all the time ya Allah we have been worried about keeping our cars clean ya Allah we have been worried about keeping our homes clean ya Allah We want to keep our clothes clean, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are not worried about our hearts, Ya Allah. What a terrible injustice this is, Ya Allah. Ilahu alamin, you forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you save God, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us a tawfiq of purifying our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, let us present such a heart to you that you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Ilahu alamin, Ya Allah, you save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you protect us and guide us, Ya Allah. Ilahu alamin, without your protection, we cannot be saved, Ya Allah. Ilahu alamin, do not leave us to ourselves with the blink of an eyelid, Ya Allah. 
alamin protect us from every direction ya allah protect our families ya allah protect our friends and relatives ya allah protect the entire ummah rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ya allah protect the iman of the ummah ya allah ya allah protect the iman of every muslim ya allah ya allah protect the amal of every muslim ya allah protect the akhlaq and haya of every muslim ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah protect the life and wealth property of every muslim ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah remove all the suffering and hardship throughout the world ya allah ilahul alamin those who are suffering poverty give them food to eat ya allah ilahul alamin those who don't have places to live in give them shelters to live in ya allah ilahul alamin those who don't have clothes to wear give them clothes ya allah ilahul alamin those who are suffering oppression remove the oppression from them ya allah hold back the hands of the oppressors ya allah ya allah guide the oppressors also ya allah ya allah if hidayah is not decreed for them ya allah wipe them out from the face of this earth ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah we are making sincere toba today ya allah ya allah we are making toba half of the entire ummah ya allah ilahul alamin you save guard us and protect us ya allah protect our families ya allah protect the entire ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ilahul alamin ya allah at the time of our death take us with the kalima la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah ya allah take us on tawbatan nasuh ya allah take us on iman kamil ya allah ya allah take us at the time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you ya allah ilahul alamin make our qabr's gardens of jannah for us ya allah ya allah grant us shafaat of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ya allah give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning ya allah ya allah all those who have passed away from our families and throughout the ummah ya allah fill their qabrs with noor ya allah make their complete maghfirat ya allah raise their stages in the akhirat ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah all those who are sick give them shifaa kamila ajila mustamira daima ilahul alamin all those with any kind of difficulties and hardships remove it ya allah with afiyat ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah unite the hearts of the ummah ya allah ya allah unite the hearts of families ya allah ya allah unite the hearts of the ummah ya allah ilahul alamin you keep us on sirat mustaqim ya allah ya allah save us from all the deviations ya allah ilahul alamin save us from the traps of our nafs and shaitan ya allah ilahul alamin save us from getting trapped in the steps of nafs and shaitan ya allah ilahul alamin you protect us and guide us ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah you keep us in your obedience all the time ya allah save us from every act of disobedience ya allah ya allah protect us from the sins of the eyes ya allah ya allah protect us from the sins of the ears ya allah from the sins of the tongue protect us ya allah from the sins of the hands and feet protect us ya allah ilahul alamin you protect us and save God is ya Allah forever let us be conscious that you are watching ya Allah let us be conscious that you know everything ya Allah ilahul alamin we can hide from the whole world we can't hide from you ya Allah ya Allah you give us that consciousness every moment of our life ya Allah you protect us and guide us and save God is ya Allah ilahul alamin all the good that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam asked for ya Allah we are also asking for all that good ya Allah whatever nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam sought protection from ya Allah you give us protection as well ya Allah allahumma inna nas'aluka min khairi ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين